Welcome to Sound Off, WKNC's daytime music podcast, where we discuss some of the latest news and do in-depth album reviews of some of the hottest titles in the independent music world. I am Michael Jones. They call me DJ Ones around here a lot of the time. And uh, with me... I am Sean Englund, DJ Shorty Shorts. They actually call me Shorty Shorts more than I thought they would. Well, I'm, well that's something a bit... Well, you'll get used to I mean, it happens. It happens. <laughs> Whatever your name is, be prepared to get it yelled for future DJs that might be listening to this, um, whatever you choose as your name, you're going to have to own up to it because that's all they will call you in yeah. here and in public for that matter. Yeah. But es- I, especially if your name is Shorty Shorts and you wear a lot of Shorty Shorts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I can't really argue against it. It's pretty appropriate. It is very, it's very, there's nothing appropriate about ones. I don't know. I mean, it's a cool DJ name. Well, you know, there was a DJ Cluster Fox. Oh, man. <laughs> Nice. And uh, they said the hardest part about having that name was the fact that they tried to not slip up every time they said their name on the air. Yeah, that's true. So I see so you have to think it's about one of those it a things, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump right into news. And England has the first story of this week. Uh, something we're kind of we're kind of going to attribute the show, kind of make it in honor of in a way. Uh, Gerard Smith, the bassist of TV on the radio, and the uh, he was kind of the keyboard player too. Um, the main credited bassist for uh for tv on the radio's last uh album that we reviewed uh, a couple weeks ago yeah not too long um, ago he actually passed away this week um of lung cancer and they had released that that he had it and he was battling but um they it, you know it was kind of like you know he has it we're gonna be with him he's gonna fight through it but he he passed away pretty quickly yeah just recently and uh that was several months ago that those articles were coming out it's pretty courageous to be making music while, which is a very enduring process from all the people that I've talked to that actually make music for a living. Um, to be not only battling like an illness, but be battling lung cancer and yeah. having to perform on a pretty consistent basis uh, uh, rather regularly. So it's, it's incredibly sad news. It's a tremendous loss for TV on the radio. Um, and he had fantastic work on that last album. Yeah. Which was a good way to go out, if anything. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah. So that's all we really have to say. We don't want to linger. We don't want to dwell on it too much. But yeah, so kind of sad news is a loss to the music world. Uh, yeah. there will probably be several more, although you, you never like them. But yeah, it happens with time. Recently, we lost uh, was it Alex Chilton last year? Yeah. I believe was uh, one of the bigger losses. But uh, let's move on. Let's get maybe a little lighter for a second or two. Um, the other new, or one of the other news articles that we have this week, the fact that recently a collaboration has been announced between two rather unlikely subjects, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, I'm trying to think of them as unlikely. I don't know. It's really hard to pair them. So yeah, I guess unlikely. <laughs> and, and these, these two uh, that are going to be joining forces is none other than Outcast's big boy or his big boy just by himself. He just, he had that beautiful or just fantastic Solo record that came out last year, and Modest Mouse. Yeah, I. It's um. I don't know. The article was really cool, um, but it was funny how I kind of um, was drawn to how interesting. Uh, what's his name from Modest Mouse is it Isaac? The, yeah, yeah. That video. The, the front man Isaac Brock. <laughs> yeah, he's just like he's so interesting. He's I heard a, he was clinically insane. I don't know if that's necessarily true, <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of Big Boy, his solo album, and his music with Outkast, and just I don't know. I think I think it'll go really smoothly. This could be a really interesting project. Um, now details at the moment are rather scarce. There's just a bit of information lingering about it right now. But apparently they are working on a new LP from what I can tell. Um, or at least I could see this being very much like that Sharon Van Etten uh, collaboration with The National recently, hmm. where she does uh, accompanying vocals on a track that they do for Win Win, the Paul Giamatti movie that just got released recently. But outside of that, I mean, Big Boy has, I don't know if he's necessarily had given explicit uh, you know, you know, I don't know, explicit, uh, not privilege, what am I thinking of, rights for a collaboration between his work. But uh, last year, there was a collaboration or kind of like a mix and match between Big Boy and the Black Keys. Right. A bit of a remix, if you heard that, which is, is really interesting. It's something to, uh, to listen to if you're kind of interested in, in seeing how one can put rapping over top of blues rhythms from the Black Keys yeah but i don't know i don't i don't know i don't think necessarily that modest mouth's sound necessarily m matches up with this i think <clears throat> all i can think is that they're both interesting enough to work together i i'm having a hard time really even thinking about their sound i'm just thinking of them as people as artists and i think i think they'll make it work in that respect somehow and you know modest mouth has kind of been diverging a bit from that sound of yesteryear I guess as you would call it, uh, it's very more, it's much more polished and more commercially accessible. I mean, their last full length went number one, uh, it's debut week on the billboard. So yeah, he, um, I like Isaac's voice too. It's, it's a weird, you know, kind of pitchy screamy with the lisp, but yeah, yeah. But that's, a. Uh, I'm constantly interested by, uh, by vocals and he has, he has interesting vocals yeah for sure. and it'll definitely be interesting to see how much they kind of uh share the the vocal responsibility since uh modest mouse in most regards will probably be doing some of the back in, the backup instrumentals and big boy kind of taking the stage or not well the spotlight really yeah because he's such a great stage <clears throat> presence in general well yeah and also um big boy was in studio with outcast producer chris carmouche i think I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but so I, I'm interested, like you said, in, in the circumstance of Sharon Van Etten and the national, um, I'm interested how much influence uh, big boy and this, this producer will have on the, on the actual sound rather than just, you know, backup vocals. Yeah. We'll have to see where it goes from here and just wait for more information. I remember I was incredibly excited about the national Sharon Van Etten yeah. collaboration. I enjoyed big boys uh, or that, that mix up. Between Big Boy and the Black Keys, I wonder if it will go smoothly with this kind of, I don't know, Oregon alt twang. <laughs> the best okay. way I can think of it. Um, well, if if we can assume anything by the tweets, then it's going well. So assume the tweets. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great slogan for life. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to our next uh, news story for this week. Or and uh, this one is uh, kind of interesting as well. Now, PJ Harvey is going to be creating uh, a video album for her most recent album, Let England Shake, uh, pretty critically acclaimed, but 
it's you're gonna be making clips for all of the records or all, for the entire track listing for the record so there will be a, an accompanying video with every track that is on let england shake and uh england first impressions of this oh uh, well i like it well, I, I love it because if you remember i uh really enjoyed that album let england shake and um uh that song hanging in the wire is might be my favorite song off of any album that we've reviewed uh so it's nice to have a video for it um overall the fact that she came out with one for each is interesting because i i love music but when there's something to accompany it visually it's just that much better you know yeah no i'm a humongous fan of the music video if you know me long enough and uh, i will talk about how much i love music videos if you're around me long enough and uh <laughs> one thing in particular is i think you know although i wasn't a glowing fan of this record i enjoyed it a lot but um uh, i think this will translate a lot better to video at least it will uh, it'll supplement very nicely um and i'm i'm a huge fan of this idea not only of concept albums but of just albums in general being added to a uh, or to videos um noah and the whale for the last days of spring actually had a accompanying dvd was like the special edition um and you can pick up you can see the trailers i think it's you can find it on the internet that they put out to make it seem like a proper movie other than narrative wasn't as sound as one might like um the concept is interesting nonetheless and if anybody can pull this off really well i think pj harvey can do it yeah. because she has that artistic vision to kind of go through and not only well not only go through with it but just be incredibly successful for whatever she's doing and in this case it's uh accompanying a video with every song yeah i think uh that was perfectly put especially in regard to artistic vision oh uh, you're too kind she really is she's an artist you know and and uh i think we're, we're lucky to have uh a few really brilliant artists nowadays um well i guess there are, you can, can you can rely that there will always be some around sure but um yeah she she persists as a as a brilliant mind and uh I've already seen Hanging in the Wire and a few other ones and and it's it's simple and she what what she's been doing is she'll come out with somebody and they'll they'll say a few of the lyrics and then they'll start the video so they'll just be talking stating the lyrics and it's kind of interesting to hear before you hear them immediately after with music yeah, well, uh, we'll we'll just see where this goes when all of the video or all of the clips will uh, come out accompanying the entire record. So yeah. it should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. But uh, with that all in mind, let's get to our album reviews for this week. Um, first off, we have the latest release from Bill Callahan. Uh, so let's just jump right into it, Anglin. Okay. Let's let's get behind <laughs> all the information. I mean, Bill Callahan, uh, clearly a, a force to be reckoned with in the music industry. Yeah. And uh, he's just had so much work in the past. But let's get to his latest release, which I'm trying to remember the name of it. Apocalypse. Apocalypse, of course. Simple and to the point. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uplifting, if anything. Well, it's interesting. I, I love Bill Callahan. He has such a strong voice. Just simple. He doesn't really sing. 
too, uh, he doesn't sing too strongly, but his voice is just, just gets through. And his, uh, his music is really simple, especially on this, this album. Um, it's almost like narrative poetry with simple music. Um, he's Bill Callahan is just so interesting because, because with any music that that's really lyrically based, um, you can just read into it so much. Exactly. And um, he comes off a little sarcastic or at least ironic, um, which I love. He's just, he's so funny, especially you can't ignore the song America. Oh my like God. Like we said. I love that song. Yeah. I was talking to you about this the other yeah. day, but it's, uh, and I, I enjoy this record. I think this is a really, really solid seven uh, track album. It's seven tracks, but it's incredibly long. Yeah. But each uh, each song, it doesn't feel necessarily long as it's kind of taking you along with it. Or, or Callahan is kind of moving you throughout this six, seven minute tracks in some cases. I think one is eight and that's the high six. And most of the others are five or three. But regardless, yeah, there's this real sense that you can dive in and try to really get to what he's discussing. And it might not be explicit. And a lot of it isn't explicit, especially in that track, America. Uh, which is spelled with an exclamation point. So yeah. I like America, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, but it's, no, that one is uh, particularly uh, detailing of his kind of style uh, or his, his kind of theme or approach to this record. Um, you know, the name is Apocalypse. You have a kind of condescending track about America and really about globalization in a way. Yeah. You know, you get that, that, that deep, voice saying David Letterman on Australia. Yeah. Just, and it, I think he repeats that maybe a couple times, but mm. yeah, it's a really telling track. And if anything, you, there's an emotional connection because you feel as if he's, he's kind of portraying things in a particular way. Yeah. And the fact that you, you know, you pick up on it. Ah, yes. He doesn't actually gloat about America here. <laughs> he's kind of saying some, some, uh, condescending things about it from time to time. Yeah. But it's done in a really smart way. Yeah. Um, that's why it's so fun. There's a lot to read into, and you're not sure how to read into it exactly. Um, if I, the standout tracks to me are, are Baby's Breath. Um, that's the second track. And then the seventh track, Freeze. Um, but if there is any particular standout track, on this whole album, it's writing for the feeling for me. Nice and simple. It's kind of the uh, most musically uh, assisted vocals, <laughs> if I can put it that way. Um, but then when he comes out with the with the song with the the words "riding with the feeling," I just like how he rolls with it. You ride with the feeling. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, Bill Kel. Bill Callahan is sort of my favorite music to drive to, um, especially uh, this album. Um, very simple music, lots of words. It's interesting how well I can think to it because I can kind of just think along with my own words, but it's kind of guided by the flow of the song. Well, it's kind of narrative that gets presented. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's not a linear narrative. It's a very musical narrative and it's stripped down so it doesn't get cluttered in a sound that you're paying attention to. And so a lot of focus is driven on the lyrics. It's very stripped down. And so 
when artists do this, there's a, a really a sort of a risk that they're taking. They have to rely on on just the very basics. But Callahan is so fine tuned. Uh, there's purpose. You know, there's a clear and distinct way for going about this. Um, just every part of it is really solid, and this is one that I could see myself enjoying much later. Uh, if you can, and you know, I'm a sucker for the super deep male voice. Yeah. I.e. Yeah, of course. If you've heard other episodes and hear me gloat about the national, as I already have this episode, we should keep a track of how many episodes I go with mentioning the national. It's probably like six now. I think maybe every every one that I've done. No way. The tennis one, I don't think I dropped a national in there. I think just somewhere you just went national. <laughs> it's not. possible, but uh, yeah, just a great great record overall. Yeah, big fan. And uh, with that, let's move on to our next, maybe one of the more anticipated album releases of the past two, maybe three years, yeah. even. Uh, this is Fleet Fox's sophomore album, their follow-up to their fantastic uh, self-titled debut album. Uh, it's been several years coming for Helplessness Blues, and let's get right into it. Fleet Fox's Helplessness, Helplessness Blues. It's kind of a tongue twister in a bit. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um well, if I can think of any comparison, I would say Vampire Weekend in regards to sophomore. In re, yeah, in regards to highly anticipated sophomore. Okay. Um, and I think this album delivers much more than than uh, Contra did. Um, I, you know, I'm a big fan. It's it's not too far from their old music, which is nice, especially for um, you know big fans. Uh, I feel like. Lately, a lot of the bands that I've I've liked and have been waiting for their music to come out, for them to come out with more music, they they come out with such a different uh, sound. You, you know, like if if I can come up with an example for that, it's got to be Noah and the Whale. Oh, absolutely. Um, so this album is is right on, you know, a great follow up to their to their their last album. Robin Pecknold in uh, Rolling Stone said. This is the music that I like, and I want to come up with a great example of it. Um, and, you know, I think they do it. They've got great, solid, uh, kind of a more classical uh, sound musically. Absolutely. Instrumentally. And you can tell that they're very inspired by that 60s folk music that, that uh, I think Robin's father was in a 60s folk group, <laughs> from what I can tell. Like nice. a real, like... Not a huge by any means. It's the tiny group. I mean, there's definitely a more classical element present here. And I agree with you completely about the sophomore album type of thing. And if there's a way to do it right, uh, Fleet Foxes have done so. Um, this album is just beautiful from front to back. Yeah. And it delivers what might be the best final song of the year. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, it is the best song well, in my in my. Humble opinion, it is the best song in the entire album. Um, and it's actually their first single from what I can remember. Yeah. Grown Ocean is track 12, finishing off what is otherwise a fantastic record. Um, and, and there's just so many instances where not only do they kind of patent or hone those old skills from, the, from their previous work, but they also get a little experimental at times. And by this, I mean they'll stretch out songs or they'll mash songs together, which is something that they don't, you know, necessarily do a lot. But but when they do it, it flows really nicely. Yeah, 
I, I'm a big fan of the the two songs on in one track. Um, you know, the Beatles did it well. Sure. It's good company to keep. Um, yeah, Grown Ocean, solid. Helplessness Blues was the other single I think they put out yeah. after that. Um, but there are just so many songs on this album that I really like. And the biggest difference from um, their their other album that I can, I can see is, um, you know, I can't really think of how bluesy this is it's not too sad or blues inspired but it uh even the energy that they have the more upbeat songs that they have seem much more mature than their older songs it does and it feels a bit nostalgic and and before i get into that i also wanted to mention how uh, they do take another risk in having a really stripped they have two really stripped down tracks that I can think of, and they come towards the end of the album, which is also particularly risky, because if they're not good, they can they bore me basically. That's what happens to a lot of bands, but they're simple and they're to the point and they're relaxing. If anything, it's kind of a nice wind down before you get this dramatic conclusion with Grown Ocean. And uh, so, someone you'd admire and Blue Spotted Tail are the two in particular that I'm thinking of right now. And uh, yeah, it's risky, but you know I definitely enjoy an artist who's willing to take risk on their second instead of just kind of getting into the the fold of just trying to recreate their debut, which a lot do. I mean, what a lot can uh, kind of fall into that trap because you just want to repeat success if your first was just incredibly successful like uh, Fleet Fox's debut was. But the other point that I just mentioned a second ago is that lyrically it feels somewhat nostalgic and... I think there's a bit of blues, but more so in the lyrics. Okay, yeah. Um, and it's not it's not a Chicago blues by any means. Right. If anything, it's more of like an Appalachian blues, if that makes sense. That relates perfectly to that. So, uh, and, and in that sense, um, it starts off, you know, that he where he's pitching, you know, I feel as if I was somehow unique, and then he kind of grows into realizing that he feels as if he's just yet another cog in the great machine. And so it's very reflective and in that sense mature, the fact that he has this kind of uh, hindsight that the last album didn't really seem to to bring along. It was more of kind of a, a majestic grandeur of folk music. But with this one, there's that kind of magical element to the tracks and there's this maturity within the hindsight that some of the lyrics, uh, you know, kind of put off. But otherwise that kind of uh, dreamy beauty is still present, and I think it's present uh, most effectively in Grown Ocean, where he's kind of taking you alongside of this dream that's just, it's just brilliant. I could seriously spend 15 minutes on just that one track. It's just so, it's just so brilliant. It's probably <laughs> one of it's if, if that was, if, um, uh, which one did you say was your favorite of the, that we've reviewed so far, your favorite oh, track. Hanging in the Wire. Yeah, if that was your favorite track that we've reviewed, mine has to be Grown Ocean. Nice. Bam. In one episode, two favorite tracks that we have reviewed so there. far. Yeah. They're, well, that oh, that's tough. Love Out of Lust is a great track from Licky Lee. Yeah. And oh, there are so many. Yeah, we've reviewed oh, some James good stuff. Blake, the uh. Give Me My Month. I spoke way too much about that. <laughs> uh, uh, well... You said you brought up some really good things. You said <laughs> dreamy beauty. 
And I think I, it just relates to Fleet Foxes so well. I mean, that's such a good little phrase, dreamy beauty. Um, and a, another good point, you said um, some bands try to copy their first album. And this is the perfect example of this just being the music that they still want to make. So it's not like they're trying to copy themselves. They're just still coming up with this type of music. And it's, it turns out wonderfully. Um, something awesome and appropriate I think they do. It's under the genre of cosmic tones for mental therapy. What? Where did you find this? Is that what? Oh, I guess that's what's on the track. I don't know if that's necessarily reflective <laughs> of the accuracy. I bet someone just put that in there just to mess with others. Well, it fits. It does, if anything. It might not be the the official. Exact, the official. <laughs> it'll probably go under folk or rock or alternative. But what was that again? <laughs> Cosmic tones for mental therapy. Uh, well, soak that in. Yeah. I don't have to think about that one for a while. Yeah. You know, I came, uh, I, I just finished reading Camus. Albert Camus is the stranger, right? And that first track especially that that part i mentioned a little bit earlier just hits you really hard after reading camus he's like because the ending of the stranger spoiler alert for a book that's been out for no. about a hundred years now not really less than a hundred years but regardless yeah oh england's got his ears covered is the well one of the themes is that he kind of loses the sense of individuality like oh we're all the same we're all gonna die the end. We're all a part of a big machine and there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> it's really, it's really light. It's really upbeat, like uh, <laughs> Apocalypse as the name of your album. Okay. <laughs> but after reading that and then listening to this, I, you know, you get that sense of, uh, you know, Robin and company being very grown up about how they approach this album. Yeah. Um, but thankfully there's some useful charms still there. Um, and I think it, it presents itself quite well in tracks like Sim Salabim. Nice. Which are kind of fantasy in a way. It's that Appalachian kind of fantasy. Yeah, even the even the title track. The track of that title. Yeah. The Helplessness Blues. Title of that track. Yeah. Oh, no, even the title. Oh, oh, I thought you meant the title track. Yeah, even... Uh, but how much do you think Helplessness Blues, the track itself is reflective of the album overall. I mean, it's really, uh, when you name a track after your album, or when you have an album that has the track name and all that, I mean, there's a bit of, not necessarily a risk, but there's you have to prove something with having it there. Yeah, it's hard. You can't really ignore a title track. And I I kind of did uh, the first listen through. Um, maybe it was because I'd heard it, or, um, you know, I don't know. But I, I think that it turns out, I've listened to it a few times since my first listen, and uh, I think it comes through as a solid bass. You know, it's, it's a good kind of foundation of the album, even though it's right, right in the middle. Um, I think you can kind of relate the other songs to it. And um, I mean, it has really good aspects in itself, but I think the other songs kind of extend from extend the arms of the body yeah sure i well, i would agree completely with that um i think that's about it let's wrap things up well final let's if you have any final comments about this record um well no i mean just a few tracks the cascades number seven i love 
Um, the second track, Bedouin Dress, little influences of maybe some string in instrument. Immediately, I thought it was a violin, but it might even be like uh, a woodwind. But maybe it's a, I, I, I'm, I know what you're talking about and I can't think of what it is. If you know, you can, you know, send us a tweet or email about it, which we'll get to here shortly. But. I'm sure it'll be released when when other when more reviews are coming out for it. But yeah, oh, definitely. Two great albums this week. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, this this and the previous are just brilliant. Uh, this is one of my favorites of the year. Yeah, already. Which is great. On my, my building list, I have it as two. Number two. Wow. Oh, behind uh. Dodos. Oh yeah, behind the dodos. Um, but yeah, with a name like Fleet Fleet Foxes, it's nice to not be let down because absolutely you really want it. Yeah, and there are times where the sophomore album can slump. Yeah, I Born Ruffians. That was a slump. Mm. And man, I like in retrospect, I liked it when I first listened to it, but it's one of those you listen to and you're like, oh no, <laughs> why? All right, well, let's not hate anymore. Yeah. Let's wrap things up. Um. Once again, you can email us suggestions for albums that we should be reviewing or for news articles or uh, tweet them at us. But to send an email, of course, it's soundoff at wknc.org. And uh, yeah, find us on Twitter and talk to us on Twitter if you would like. It's at WKNC soundoff. I check it. I check the tweets. <laughs> I'm Me on too. the Twitter. Um, but things are changing a little bit. Not too much. Yeah. But there's going to be a bit of a delay until the next one of these comes out. Is that right, England? I guess. Uh, you know, I'll be around. It's that time of the year once again. Well, let's get to the immediate. Um, yeah. And by that, it means we are under testing stages. Yes. So final examinations are soon approaching, and that means um, I'm going to be boarded up in a room reading constantly, and I, you may be very similar. Yes. Um, but that will be hindering episodes for about three weeks. Yeah. So it's testing um, that will start a week from when this is going out or th that Friday will be during the first Friday of testing. And then the second will be during the second or the last day or when everybody's leaving basically. Right. And then it's vacation for a week where I will not be here either. Okay. And then the week after that, hopefully we can put back another. And there's a lot of really interesting stuff that's getting released right now. And I remember it was that way last year because there was my number one album was released around this time last year. Yeah, yeah. The Nationals High Violet. Of course, oh, another mention of The National. How you couldn't expect it. <laughs> but, uh, Everybody knew. But Everybody. yeah, we've recorded um, a ton of episodes. This is kind of like, if we were to break this up into seasons, this would kind of be like the third season. <laughs> we had the initial season where it was myself, um, DJ Serenade, and uh, why am I forgetting... Why am I forgetting? Oh, Vice? Southwell and Vice, yeah. Chris Southwell Vice. I couldn't, I couldn't remember a DJ name. Um, but And then the second season, it was Southwell and myself. And third season, it's uh, Anglin and myself. Oh, yeah. And uh, we've gone through quite a lot. It's been, it's been pretty interesting. We'll be back over the summer, hopefully. Um, but let's just recap a couple. I just want to do this randomly. Okay. A couple of albums that are actually all of the albums that we've reviewed since... I guess season three, if I'm dubbing it that way. I mean, you you can't tell in the the podcast. This one is episode twenty, but uh, some of those that we've reviewed in this season: uh, Tennis, The Decemberists, James Blake, P.J. Harvey, The Strokes, Snow and the Whale, The Dodos, 
Kurt Vile, Licky Lee, Peter Bjorn and John, Roy Albert Advantage, Mountain Goats, Kills, TV on the Radio, Fleet Foxes, and Bill Callahan. That is a ton of music. What is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. That's 16 albums that we've reviewed so far. God, what is that like? Nine hours, ten hours of music? Probably, yeah. Probably. We listen to way too much music. Uh, I wouldn't say way too much. A lot. I lie. If it wasn't this good, then it'd be too much, I guess. Um, Speaking of Peter Bjorn, Peter Bjorn and John, I'm going to see them tonight. Oh, boo. So, well, aren't you special? One last enjoyment of, of my life before, before I don't see light for a few days. <laughs> but um, with that, yeah, there should be... We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, feel free to get in contact with us in whatever fashion you would like. I personally prefer carrier pigeons. They're they're probably they're the best. So. They're very reliable. Yeah, you just got to get a good carrier pigeon. You can ask Mike Tyson. <laughs> Did you see that special with him with the carrier pigeons? No. Oh, it's great. He loves pigeons. There's the summary. Mike Tyson loves pigeons. That, that Bam, sums up the whole random show. Random facts about music, or not about music, on a music show. Yay! <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll be back, and uh, you can check out the older episodes, especially the ones with members of the crew that aren't on the show right now. Yeah. Uh, they were also very good. We reviewed a ton of great records in those. Um, and then uh, several months, or about four months from now, I will be departing, and information about that will come along a bit more as it gets closer to the August something when I leave and all that good stuff. But until then, um, we're we're gonna be back in a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, good luck on exams if you have them, and have fun at work yeah, if you don't. With that, or uh, not at work, or not at work, whatever. If you're even unemployed, that's cool. If you work at your home, that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, if you are a professional, a professional pool player, uh huh. Billiards, they get by. Yeah, billi- uh-huh. it could be billiards. Who knows? Um, a a horseback race. If you're one of the jockeys, equestrian. If you're an equestrian. <laughs> I don't know. If, well, the sport is equestrian. If, I don't know if they would be an equestrian. Well, no. Let's just make them horses. Oh. Even horses listen to this. You could, okay. if if your dog is listening to this on their computer, okay, you yeah. could that could happen. Yeah, or or if you like burn it to a CD and listen to it in your car. Yeah, if people do that, write us. Yeah, oh. that'd be one of the biggest compliments. Yeah, I would sign a piece of paper and send it to you. I uh, would sign it, David Letterman, <laughs> in Australia. In Australia, <laughs> Marco. <laughs> nice. All right, we're getting out of hand. A little bit. Just a little bit. Not too much. Well, that's the way we're going to end season three. Should we? Should we? I'm not late. Never mind. It's not season three. Episode 20. Yeah. All right. It's not season three. Don't break it up that much. Yeah. We have, you know, there's an old episode of Sound Off sitting in a folder here. It's the pilot that Uh never went out with uh, Vice Serenade and myself. Wow. And we reviewed She and Him's volume two. Nice. That would be the first one that we unofficially reviewed. Right. The first one was... So many months ago. Wow. Oh, my God. The show's a little over a year old now, to be honest. Yeah. The first show was recorded uh, April 12th. Wow. Getting old. Getting old. When when I was sending out an email to the staff saying, hey, 
who wants to join this crazy idea I got? And then I had about three responses, and two of which were uh, Sarah and uh, Kristen. Kristen, messing up her name. <laughs> Damn it. Um, well, yeah, and now I, I was very glad to now England, eventually receive one of those emails yeah, when, after when, I joined. When everybody, uh, when, you know, life happens. Yeah. As we'll find out in like half a year, life happens. <laughs> Stuff happens. Although if we can figure out a way to record this internationally, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't we know can how. Phone interview. No, not phoning. I'm not calling. That's gonna cost me a lot of money. Call on a payphone. No, that's worse. That's I'll even call more the money. station money. Yeah, call collect to the station from a different <laughs> country. It'll be all right. <laughs> You'll pay for it. Ah, yeah. maybe. Who knows? Skype. I'll Skype in. Yeah, we'll maybe. figure it out. Maybe. Who knows? But uh, let's let's get back to studying, eh? Yeah. And with that, we'll sound off. Bye.